Hi, and welcome to the Unheard Conversation. My name is Anne-Marie. My name is Kofi. And in this series of conversations, we're going to be talking about being black and middle class in the UK today. That's right. And this is kind of a family affair because Kofi's my nephew. And Anne-Marie's my aunt. That's right. And these are the conversations that we would have in our houses. So what we did, what we thought is that we'd just welcome you to the conversation. Yeet! Hi everyone and welcome to the third episode of the Unheard Conversation. My name is Anne-Marie. And my name is Kofi. And our special guest today is... Hi, I'm Oni. Fantastic. Welcome to the show. Welcome, Oni. Thank you, guys. Thank you. And I told you this is a family affair. Oni's my beautiful niece. And... um, I thought it would be really great to to get Oni on today because I need another girl up in this place, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's been filled with lots of testosterone, lots of men coming in. So welcome, Oni. We're really pleased to have you today. Thank you. I'm glad to be here. So today, guys, we're going to talk about fitting in. Um, so growing up black and middle class in in the UK when you were growing up and when I was growing up, it was, um, you know, what did you have to do to navigate to fit in with the black community or to fit in with the white community, really? So that's what we're going to explore today. And hopefully we'll get some really positive answers out that can just help and inspire anyone that's that's going through it today. So I'm going to ask you, Oni, first of all, well, tell us a little bit about your school life and who you hung out with and all of that sort of jazz. Um, well, I went to a predominantly middle class school um, of, with predominantly white children. Um, and there were um, obviously a few black children in our year. Um, and of that, obviously, I kind of naturally gravitated towards, you know, hang out with those guys and kind of like, you know, yeah, that's that was my friendship group um and yeah funnily enough majority of my friendship group were middle class black kids obviously there were a few who are working class um but you know being the school that we went to the black kids that were there majority of them were middle class actually cool Um, okay okay and so how was that for you i mean because if the majority of your group were like you Mm. um you know how how did you guys navigate your school life how you i know that were you perceived as like the black kind of street kids mm. or or were or were you just kind of accepted for kind of who you were no, no i feel like definitely we were kind of seen as you know the black street kids um be, that being said you know a lot of the areas that we did hang out after school um, obviously a lot of the working class areas are fashion sense as well again then the type of music that we used to listen to how we do our hair and um, how we'd speak um it was very much associated with that of the working class even though we weren't um but it that's kind of not wasn't the normal that's kind of how you're expected to be and that I guess that's how we thought we were supposed to be who expected um, you to be kind of like that do you think well I think just you know, as as people perceived us as the kind of street kids, you kind of had to, that was that, that persona. So, you know, you would speak um, with the slang and you'd have your hair a certain way and yeah, you just act a, a certain way, even though that's not necessarily the environment we grew up in. 
Mm. That's kind of, but that was then the kind of environment we were in. We were around, you know, we would go yeah. to Wood Green and Turnpike Lane and hang out with all of the other street kids, you know what I mean? But when that was at least a 20 minute journey on the bus from where we were. So we would, you know, put ourselves in those environments that we didn't need to be in. But we were, we were happy to put ourselves in there. Like we, we felt comfortable in those environments. Okay, okay. I mean, that's that's really cool because I mean, you spoke about you you went twenty minutes from mm. from from where you were to to kind of get to those areas, yeah. right? Mm. And also, you know, how you were at home. So, w- how were you different at home than you were with your with your mates at school? I I actually feel like for me, I was quite the same because it would always be picked up on at home. I don't feel like that code switch really happened until I was maybe about 16 17 and started getting into that kind of professional world and it started working and all that I feel like when I was younger I didn't have any reason to act any act differently that was just me kind of through and through it was only as I then got older and then kind of started to change that there was a difference but from yeah when I was younger it was very much the same so, I mean, that's really interesting because you and Kofi are twins, mm. right? Mm. And you went to the same school. So, Kofi, kind of what was your experience like of fitting in? And, you know, what what did you do? I just, just did what I could, really. And what I mean by that is I just tried to, you know, express myself. But I just tried to be how I was at home. Mm. And with the school I went to, that was generally okay. Other than some people saying, why do you t- talk white? The black kids that were at school said that. But um, but then some of them grew to understand that that's how you just, I'd usually talk and they accepted me or some of them didn't. Um, but then it was when I was outside of school, when I then had to, you know, do the switch. And, you know, I spoke kind of a different way sometimes in a different voice because people would be like, oh, why do you speak like that? You don't speak like us, etc." I'd still hang around with them, but... Um, yeah, it would be those people who I didn't hang around with who were outside of my school in the other areas, like Wood Green and Alexander Palace, etc. They were like, oh, you don't speak like us. And I just kind of assimilated into speaking that way. But when I went back home, I spoke just... Assimilated into speaking what way? Oni, you mentioned the code switch. What is the code switch for all of those out there who don't know? Um, I think just speaking properly. I mean, I know when I'm at home and... I'm in a comfortable place. I don't feel the need to pronounce my T's properly or to announce my words like I would I would just speak anyhow. But um when I'm at work, when I'm in a more professional environment, I will make that conscious effort to. But and then when I was younger at school there was I just didn't do that at all. Mm. Um but yeah, as I got older, I realized it's fine for me to speak like that in certain situations, but it's the issue comes when that is just how I speak. If I'm just constantly speaking in slang and not speaking properly, that is where the issue is. I personally feel like as long as you know, you know, there's cert- there's a time and a place, I feel mm. like it's fine. It's fine for me. So, I mean, that's really interesting because, Oni, you're talking about code switching from, from the point of view of going, well, I this is how I speak at mm. home and with my mm. friends. I speak in a, a more relaxed manner. Yeah. But when I go to work, I code switch. And yeah. so I speak in a more professional manner. Yeah. And Kofi, you're talking about code switching in the sense of how I speak uh, at home. Um, oh, well, it's a bit of both. Because I, I, I am like my sister a little bit. Like I will use a lot more slang at home and around my family I'm comfortable with. But but yeah, I generally, th- when I was growing up, I generally didn't until I started, you know, finding it fun, etc. and easy to do it. 
and I'll just speak normally, like pronounce everything. So what properly. age did you find that you started to code switch? I was probably about 14. Really? Yeah. Okay. Probably about 14. Yeah, definitely. Um, I mean, we were doing it from actually even younger than that, but without consciously knowing. Mm. Like where we grew up, our parents were drilling into us, speak properly, etc. When we um, lived in a certain area, where we lived in Tottenham, we would, you know, speak how the kids there spoke. And then our parents were like, no, you need to pronounce your T's and don't say this and that. When we would say it a lot to our friends, we were just out having fun, right? And, you mm. know, we were going through school, we could write properly, but um, so it didn't really matter. And then fast forward now to like secondary school, you know, speaking properly, but then obviously when I was hanging around with kids from different areas, like only said Wood Green and Alexander Palace, et cetera, and other areas, and even some at my school in, in Muswell Hill, et cetera, um, uh, yeah, I would then start to speak and switch like to speak to a different, um, you know, voice different accent, pronounce my words differently. And it was it was more of a thing to be like, as a male as well, like, cool, you know, this is how I have to do it if I, to get respected, to push the male bravado, to not be undermined, etc. I had to kind of do that. And, you know, growing up in London, there's always times where, you know, something could happen that's dangerous, etc. You never know. If you, if you don't seem like you're putting off the threat, like for somebody not to trouble you, then, um, then yeah, something could go wrong. So that's why I had to put on those kind of... Uh, you know, act or the switch in order to, yeah, just to get by, really. So I, I guess my thing is, is why couldn't you or why didn't any of us, because I've done code switching, I do it all the time when I'm at home, when I'm with you guys or with my brothers or, you know, family and close friends. I mean, I, I will kind of go into, well, when I'm with you lot, I try to be young, in it. So <laughs> Definitely do. Shut up. The, <laughs> so you know i i kind of throw in some slang words that i think yeah is up and hip but you know mm. you guys quickly bat me down anyway moving on but, <laughs> but you know but you know i might switch up and and talk in a bit of uh, a grenadian accent yeah. do you know what i mean mm. so i do code switch mm. in in that sense but i mean outside of our our comfort environments why do why did you feel the need to code switch? I mean, is it a, about simply about ease, being at ease in the group that you're in, making your life easier? I mean, what what was that about? Was it and was it an automatic thing at first? Did it start off as something quite conscious? I know I'm putting a lot of points in there where you're like, oh my gosh, I I need to be able to articulate here, or I need to be able to speak slang here or to, to, to fit in? Was that a conscious effort? And then all of a sudden, over time, it just became an automatic thing. When you're with a certain group, you switch up. For me, not at all. I feel like it, it was just a kind of thing that happened. I feel I more consciously code switch into speaking properly than I do not speaking properly. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, yeah, we were learning slang words to understand what was being said not to a point where okay i'm learning this slang word so i can seem cool no i'm learning this slang word because i don't know what they're talking about okay but that was what it was like for me anyway so when a new slang word came around i'm like what does that mean what does that mean so i know what people are talking about i'm like okay cool so if i then wanted to use that how can i use that not a sense that oh i need to learn every single slang word because Mm. they're gonna think i'm uncool then i think for me it was um i i can't even i can't even tell you like yeah this is what i did because for me from what I can remember, I didn't feel like those that thought process went through my mind. I mm. feel like it was just 
you know, your envi- my environment, that was my environment. So naturally, that is just how how I became. Mm. Um, and but I mean, you say that was your environment, but it's it's really interesting mm. because you know your environment at home. People yeah, but didn't I'm at school a lot longer yeah. than I'm at home. Okay, so okay. That, that, that's where my defense is. Yeah, I'm at home, but I I'm not at home as long as I was at school. I'm at school five days a week mm. or however long. Then yeah, yeah, I yeah. come home. Sixty hours a week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I come home. I'm, you're, you interact with your parents, but at that age, you don't really interact with your parents. You know, you still then go and talk to your friends. So even though I'm not at school, mm. I'm still having those conversations with my friends via MSN, via MySpace, via Facebook. So I'm mm. still in that world. I'm still in that environment. Mm. So really and truly, my environment was predominantly, um, I can't look, basically, school was m- more of an influence on, on myself than being at home. And that would be secondary school, right? Because, yeah, secondary school, yeah. You yeah. know, I, I kind of remember that time when you when you code switched mm. be- into speaking with a predominantly more slang accent. Yeah, yeah. Is that, is that even a thing, slang I mean, accent? I mean, I Not a slang accent. I wouldn't say that, I would just say just a... Just a bit more slack in terms of how you speak. It was just, just, just a, a bit less thought into the just, yeah, strength slack, and structure and words and stuff. Yeah, so not trying, even, yeah, I just think that you're just a bit late, it's just a bit late, it's just lazy. Yeah. It's just a bit of lazy talking for me. So, I mean, I guess where I'm interested in, it, interested in is the fact that growing up, you spoke a certain way and then you got to a certain point in your life where you then as we put it, code switched into talking more street, yeah? Mm. Was that a conscious decision? To be honest with you, I can't remember. Okay. Um, I feel like if it was a conscious decision, I probably would have remembered. Mm. Um, but I know, I, 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 don't, I don't feel like it was, and I feel like I, yeah, I'd remember. Mm. I mean, because it's interesting, because I'm... I find that really interesting because you said that your 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 group at school was predominantly middle class, mm, mm. so that meant that you would have kind of had the same values and teachings mm, at yeah, home, right? Yeah, yeah. But then, did the other girls in your group did they speak like you did as well? The other middle class girls, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, they did. So they did. why why would that be? I guess is kind of what I'm saying. Why would that be that you would be, you come from the same background, be in middle class school, and then you talk not by what the majority of your environment sounds like? Because even though you were at school, you said that the majority were white and middle class, right? Mm-hmm. Unless, did a lot of the, the white kids speak they with did. a slang? They, a lot of the white kids did speak. Like, they, ah. weren't, they weren't speaking properly either. Like, a lot of the kids did speak um in slang and i feel like yeah like that just generally was the environment like we were all speak like slang short language like as we're getting older we get we get lazier you know mm. we don't want to even now i'm saying wanna we don't want to mm. they want to like yeah just yeah, want to yeah. shorten everything just to it makes life easier so everyone was speaking like that i just feel like it was more picked up on within the black community purely because a lot of us have that problem of code switching that we can't turn it off. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. I feel like that's why it's a more of a problem in our community than it is for, for you know for white kids because they can switch that off and they know how to switch that off. But a lot of us don't know how to switch that off, so we just mm. carry that on into adulthood, into speaking like that. And that's where we run into problems. Like everyone speak, everyone speaks like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear that. I hear that. I hear that. Because I'm, I'm like, I maybe I'm so old now, <laughs> but. I can't actually 
I don't remember because I, 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 I went to private school up to 16 and mm. then I went to college mm. for a couple of years like you know your normal tertiary college mm. um and that's when oh my gosh there was so much more kids be it black and white mm. and for the first time I could pick my my group yeah who yeah. I mm-hmm. who I could hang with yeah, and so I automatically gravitated towards um you know a lot of the black kids yeah. because you know they dressed kind of similarly to yeah. how I wanted to dress because you know at that time it was you know Mary J Blige and all yeah, that sort of stuff yeah, so it was yeah. the baggy pants and <laughs> you know the DM mm, boots and, <laughs> do you know what I mean it was it was those kind of things and yeah. so but we were all there to get an education so that was you know a, a really good thing but yeah. and so that's when I first came across even more Grenadians, do you know what I mean? Because back then, boy, <laughs> mm, mm, do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah. So it was, it was that kind of environment, and I, I don't, I, I, I'm struggling to think. I don't think I code switched. I don't think that in, for me in that time, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm, I, I'm struggling to think that of a time when I when I did that with peers like maybe when I first met people I would kind of relax how I how I automatically spoke but I'm I'm really I'm not sure I think for me I've always been more conscious of it the other way I guess so fitting in with with the white community okay Mm. so speaking yeah speaking speaking properly do you know what I mean I went to drama school so I mean a um I spoke well anyway because mm, of my private mm, school mm, and then, mm. you know, at, you know, um, drama school, they try to, you know, teach you different ways to speak yeah, and yeah, even yeah. more if you've got an RP accent, yeah. make it even more so and bloody, 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 blah. Do you know what I mean? So, and, and the types of people that I found myself hanging out with or mm. who would go to drama school or, you know, when I became a drama therapist who trained to, the way that they spoke was, you know, so I, I, I think for me, that's where I code switched even more because I was like, everybody around me kind of speaks like that. And um, and and maybe it was a case of me kind of going, yeah. And I, I, I remember this story, right, where I went to, it wasn't so long ago, a couple of years ago, I went to this party and I was the only black in the village, right? And there was... um horses in the garden and you know those big yeah not yeah, the yeah. garden but you know the, the estate yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it was big it was a big mm-hmm. place and I remember that there was like all of these people who I mean I can't say on air but you know were just quite high up and so I remember uh, so I remember me being very conscious of the fact I mean I went wearing my head wrap but a very nice dress mm. and I was the only black so I, I stood out mm-hmm. and but I remember like you know, talking really well, you know, really, really yeah, yeah, well, yeah. so that they couldn't say, oh, you know, yeah, oh, yeah, you know, yeah. bloody, bloody, blah. Yeah. And I, I remember, I, I guess in another way, in a different, in the same way of code switching, but in a different way, I became very funny. Mm. And I, mm. you know, I, you know, I was the helper, mm. not getting people glasses or whatever, but, you know, people had a problem and I would go, yeah, be really attentive and really soft and really, and and um, be really funny and you know offer advice and be useful. I found myself 
being useful. Mm. And I guess in in that sense, that's how I code switched. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Whole persona kind of. Yeah. Yeah. It it, Mm. it got amped up, Mm. you Mm. know. Mm. It got really amped up. So I was a bit like, oh, okay. Mm. Yeah. I don't know. Cove. Well, do, do you ever find yourself like dumbing down the way you speak? I mean, that's a, such a horrible word, but no, not to really. fit in to certain with certain I, groups. I did that at points, yeah, but I would definitely wouldn't do that now. Okay, it would. Why did you do that? Just, it just happened automatically. Really, I wouldn't say dumbed like the what the types of word I would use and stuff. I wouldn't really change that, but because I just wouldn't. At the time, I wouldn't be conscious of saying, "Okay, maybe I need to use this type of word or etc." But Mm. Um, or say um, the depth of the word, but I would just, it would be, you know, the, the speed of my speech sometimes would change, the bass and tone of my voice I'd change. And yeah, maybe sometimes you're right. Once or twice, actually, I, I tell a lie, um, dumbing down what I say, just because uh, it was easier just to be understood on the other side and then so I didn't have to repeat myself. But if I use a different word that somebody didn't know, it'd be like, I don't have to say it again or say what it means. So, but, um, yeah, I did that at points at school. I definitely did. One again, like um, I can what only said it was the thing to do, and I guess to some people that didn't really know me, that I didn't really know. It, w- it was mainly around those types of people that I didn't really know that I met through somebody else or at a sports camp or at some an athletics um event via school to school, um, where I would do that just so you know to be understood, n- not seem like the outsider. Mm, not seem like the outsider. I mean, as a black man, yeah, 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 growing up in 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 your area, in the types of places and and people you hung out with, did you ever feel the pressure to be taught to other black people to be blacker? Yeah, hundred percent. I did. Wouldn't I felt the pressure? Just let me know. They're like, why didn't you speak like us, etc. Blah blah blah, and. Sometimes I didn't listen to certain types of music and I was like, oh, that's not really me. Like when I was young, I used to listen to, obviously the commercial stuff, et cetera, but I just, I don't know, at home I'd just play a lot of, you know, Bob Marley and a lot of house and stuff, but nobody else would really know that I, I listened to that stuff. But um, yeah, I felt at some points like, oh, okay. I didn't, it didn't make me feel sad, but it was just like, okay, I'm just not like them really. Or um, it didn't make about the music thing and what I liked, but. How I spoke did make me feel a little sad sometimes when they were like, oh, why do you speak like this and not speak like how we speak? But we're just like, yeah, you sound like this, man. And they would just make uh, take the mic. Um, but I didn't really try to associate that with blackness, but obviously it was always in front of me. That So it was kind of pushed, but I didn't really associate it with talking badly about because I knew that you just speak English because you're we're English-speaking people and you speak normally, right? Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say... There were times, yeah, there were times, especially where, where I was living, there wasn't that many, where we live, there wasn't that many black kids. Mm-hmm. That's when I was like, okay, how am I going to, you know, access blackness a bit more? So I would then go and hang around with other black kids after school at certain points or after a certain football game, etc., and, you know, emulate their behaviours a bit um, to kind of, you know, find that. Whereas Oni had a much more um, black friends at school in her friendship group, whereas I only had one or two um at the time until much later in my schooling etc so yeah i i tell i did search for it a bit more but i didn't and i felt the pressure be like okay i need to be feel a bit more black but the pressure was mainly just on 
how am I going to, you know, fit in and and be me? That was was the that pressure. pressure an internal pressure from you? Yeah, that was, was internal pressure, but it became an internal pressure, but it was from other people um, that that happened that way. And how did you guys, when you came home, how did you guys deal with the pressure? So, Oni, how did you deal the, with the you don't talk well enough type stuff? And Kofi, you know, um, how did you feel? And, and, and Kofi, how did you kind of, what did you take back home and about the way that you talk and how that made you feel and all of that sort of jazz? I mean, obviously it was annoying. Um, <laughs> <laughs> because I knew that in the, gr- in the grand scheme of things, it wasn't going to affect me um, purely due to the fact that I know that there's some places I can talk like this and some places I cannot talk like this. But I guess in my parents' defence, it was kind of like they just want to make sure that this is not how I'm consistently speaking because that will um, that will affect me. But So I guess if, th- if that's what they're hearing, they're assuming that that is just how I talk. Um, but when there's, there's only so much that I could have done at that point. So it was annoying, but there wasn't much I could do about it. It was just like, this is how I was. I was comfortable with how I was. Um, and as, yeah, as I got older anyway, you generally begin to, to, to speak better anyway. Um, so I just, yeah, I just keep it moving, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> Kofi. Um, for me, it was, yeah, I'll celebrate how I spoke at home. So it was fine at home. Um, when I would come home, I would much internalize anything that happened outside. Anyway, I didn't really talk about it. Um, and yeah, I would you know step back out and be like, okay, maybe I can talk like this, or I would think about how I speak a little bit, but not really. It was only if I had a bad day, or like I said, somebody made a a big comment on it, etc. Then I would go home and take it away and be like, okay, maybe I need to talk with a bit more slang and stuff. But um, the the main things that would happen is like if I got into an altercation with somebody from whatever background and they didn't speak right how I spoke, then I would consciously made the effort to be like, cool, how can I be a bit more, you know, uh, not not I I won't be afraid, but make them fear me a bit, or mm. you know, I would, I would you know think about or like practice a little in my room to be like, okay, how can I be a bit more you know scary against other guys or because at that time. We were, you know, young kids hanging out mm. with ex smart kids we didn't know from different areas. And you had some kids who were involved in, you know, some gang culture, etc. Um, or they just knew people who just did, you know, bad stuff. Mm. And, you know, there would be where we lived and went to school in, in, in Muswell Hill, etc. was an area where, you know, that was like a middle ground area because nobody owned that area. Was, no one was, you know, there. So... There would be altercations where somebody would come from one side to another side, and we, would, as the Muslim kids, would just be in the middle. So I'd have to be like, and then it would be older guys that were there mm. that didn't speak well, and then I would then have to be like, yeah, I speak a certain way so that they they would fear me, not trouble me, or I'd have to say, I know this person, know that person, but say it in a way that I wouldn't say how I'd speak at home or speak very clearly. Like I'd just say it like pull rank direct, but say it in a much more slang, aggressive way, but not too aggressive, so that they. Yeah, so that I could survive that situation and get out and not have any problems. So it was, I would say it was the, those sorts of, of you know, um, ideas, speech tones and stuff that I would think about at home because that would happen a lot. Like people in my friendship group would get robbed or they'd even get robbed at school, to be honest. But, but or, or <laughs> you know, they'd be outside. Get robbed at school? What are you chatting about? Get, yeah, it'd be outside dangerous. KFC people would be firing fireworks at people and it would be the kids from the out- outer areas that didn't speak well. Some of them no, didn't. some of them were in, 
No, Some of them were Portsmouth too. Yeah. Some people would get yeah, robbed at were. school. Like I remember year seven. A lot of them were middle class white kids on fireworks. No, hundred Yeah. But um, but I didn't have to speak how I spoke then. Well, I did a little, but um. So I mean, I mean, I, yeah. I'm, 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 I mean, I, I'm quite sure. <laughs> what? I mean, that's what I had to say. Like what? So I mean, was it a case then, like kind of only from your perspective at your craziness. school that like everybody was kind of trying to be something that they they weren't at at that point in life to kind of fit in. Everybody was mad at that age. Like <laughs> we were all mad. Um, Blame MTV. No, we were honestly we were all mad, and we were all um. 100% at that age you are like you're trying to be something that you're not and yet obviously a lot of the people who are probably famous and all that kind of stuff and I would say not our role models but the kind of popular people that were kind of like in the spotlight when yeah they're all kind of just a bit you know they're a bit just spoke with slang and they were just like cool and this and that and they weren't like you're not like the kind of the people that you look up to at that age so all of us regardless of what um um, social class we were from um, what colour we were all of us were trying to be that kind of hip you know cool, cool bad. bad you know a little yeah. bit you know you're, you're not too bad but you're not too good you know what I mean like you're not you're <laughs> oh not gonna get days. kicked out of school but yeah. you know you're not you're not if a teacher speaks you're like nah 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 like you, you know what I mean like you weren't um, yeah you had a bit of rude a bit of attitude to you so um, yeah we were all trying to be definitely some that we weren't and I feel like with this whole kind of hip thing it is that kind of speaking slang um and all that kind of stuff so all of us were doing it um and it was just a part of who we were at that time mm. a lot of the people now are not like that at all yeah um especially the black kids really none of, none of us are like that but, but that's we were you know we were 14 we were 13 14 like we were young yeah um as you grow up you know you grow up um, and yeah, so yeah. a lot of us the way that we were speaking then we don't speak now we don't speak like that now I would have to do a lot more of code switching back then when I was younger because obviously I was speaking so poorly just because I wanted to. And then when I needed to, you know, speak properly, the code switch was a lot, the gap was bigger yeah. than it is kind of now. I might just go one tone up now or something. Um, mm. Whereas then it was like a, cu- a good couple of notches. So we were all, that was the norm mm. for me. Um, that's why I don't feel like it was a conscious kind of thing. Like it just happened and I was comfortable in it. Um, and I feel like the difference with me, Kofi and I, is he was code, might have been code switching down, whereas I was code switching up. Mm. So a lot of what Kofi was going through, I didn't experience any of that because I was, I generally, I spoke like that. Mm. So where my, like, where it was difficult for me was going home and speaking like that, was going home and be, getting punished for that because they, they obviously assumed that I don't know how to speak properly, whereas Kofi was obviously getting those pressures from school, like, oh, you don't speak properly but even though he did like mm. they were like we can't recognize that we can't get comfortable with you like that whereas yeah it came from home for me wow i mean that's deep so what what age do you think you kind of came into your own came into uh, being comfortable with who you are just being around it doesn't matter who it is whether they be you know white black mm. whatever do you know what i mean? would say probably maybe college times i feel like college it, because you've chosen to be there, mm. I feel like your whole mindset just changes. And mm. um, you've chosen to stay on to education. You know, you can then really, even though you could choose your friends in secondary school, it was, mm. it's there was a lot more, 
it was all kind of like put together. You know, you had your form groups, you had your this, you all just kind of you stuck with who you know, you stuck with the people that you knew from primary school, this, that, and the third. Mm. Whereas in college, majority of the people you didn't know. Well, I didn't know anyway because I mm. went to a new one. So it was very much I'm choosing who I want to spend my time with. Mm. Um, and then, yeah, that's, yeah, I think around college time, I was just like, this is me, this is who I am. Um, yeah and it didn't matter who i was with mm. um it just mattered on the um at college times i was still doing a, quite a a bigger code switch but um it, yeah i kind of was just speaking how i wanted to and then changing when i needed to mm. i see i see i see and when did you get to the point where kind of your code switch down is now a bigger leap to your code switch up um to be honest i think when you start working okay um when i started working properly so i think maybe when i was about 17 when i started working properly in the summer um just because you have to be more professional so mm. you start to put that on and then you it, as you get older anyway just you start to be in more professional environments well i was anyway I'm in a lot profe- more professional environments the people around me as well we all just kind of started speaking properly anyway just because we were getting older like we didn't want to be you know 21 sound like a 14 year old <laughs> like <laughs> you generally just speak differently um so yeah I mean when I yeah I don't ever really like I never really dumbed down my speech now or anything like that I would just it's just more of a relaxed speech and yeah, I, I used to still lose a lot of slang to this day mm. um I even sometimes yeah I use a lot of slang to this day. Um, it's just that my general speech is just a lot better. Mm. Yeah. Okay, for what about you? When did you feel that you came into your own and, and it doesn't matter how you speak? And Do you know what I mean? Uh, about the same. I remember I said this on the last one. Um, on the first one, sorry. Yeah, around college, I'd say, sixth form. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a fresh guy again in there. I knew a few people, but from rugby, etc. And... Um, but I was fresh at that sixth form, didn't really know any people, had a new form group, different environment, different type of school. Um, so yeah, I'd say that's when I became comfortable. I didn't really have any problems with anybody about how I spoke, etc. I just spoke how I did. Got on well with teachers, got on well with people. And I'd say, yeah. Um, obviously, I still did a code switch where I was out with some other people. But um, then again, like Oni said, they started to speak a bit better. Or they understood that, you know, speaking properly was, you know, what you should put to the forefront. And even if they did speak badly or sp- spoke with more slang, something badly, um, that they would just knew that it's just okay to speak properly anyway. People kind of got got it that, you know, speaking slang's cool and it's great, but there's a time and a place for it. Um, and, yeah, so I'll just say that, yeah, the people I was hanging around with like, at um, Sixth Form College were, yeah, they were cool, easy, and even outside of it, it was generally okay. It was only... Again, just random people that I don't know or people you come into contact with through other people where I might have had to code switch down again, um, depending on the situation. So, mm. And in a couple of words, right, how would you describe that that time when you were going through that kind of fitting in period? Do you know what I mean? Of just trying to find yourself your your group you know regardless of class color whatever and I, and I am thinking secondary school times 
how would you describe that time? Anyone? Um, you mean in terms of? Uh, sorry, what age? In terms do you of mean? what age? Like though? you know, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen. If in terms of fitting in, trying to fit wasn't in, wasn't really a good time. I'd say, still had fun and stuff, but amongst amongst fitting in, like you're because of a group culture. If you're the one that's you know standing out or a bit different, it's very hard. You you have to you know fight the grain. It's a bit turbulent as well because you're gonna have like, arguments with people. I'd say I was having a few of those. And yeah, there's just a lot of work you had to do on the brain, like emotional work on the brain and the heart. Just be like, okay, cool, I'm fine. I'm just going to get through this, whatever. That's how I would describe it. That was a bit more than a few words, but... No, 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 that's that's but, cool. Um, and that, you know, emotionally, that sounds yeah quite traumatic. <laughs> and and, and, you, and most of the work happens after as well. And you're like, oh, okay. Like, yeah, like the year after when you process it really, or, or the summer when you're away from your friends. Mm. And you're with your family or you're away from school. Because going to school every day and doing school, etc., you don't have that much time to think about it. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But then when you do have time to think about it in the holidays and stuff and, you know, grow into yourself more, it's like, okay, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm, uh, I'm cool. I'm beginning cool to, to be who I am. Um, tongue twister, my tongue's gone. I'm uh, beginning to be cool with who I am. So, And that happened a little bit more every summer, like from when I started secondary school, I would say for me. Um, yeah. Oni. Um, I feel like for me, my um experience is a lot different in my in my in terms of fitting in wasn't to do with like speech or anything like that. I feel like what I was trying to fit in with was a lot of different in- internal struggles that I had that really? weren't necessarily due to it actually wasn't color dependent to be honest. Um so yeah, so no, I just want to make it clear that my fitting in wasn't I'm trying to fit in with like black people. I'm trying to fit in. It was I was trying to fit in as a girl at mm. the age. That was what my that was a lot of the, what was going on for me. It wasn't mm. I'm trying to fit in with other black people like that. That wasn't my issue at all. Yeah, mm. yeah. Um. So in that sense, I've described it in a few words. I'd be like, yeah, it was a struggle, but not not about fitting in. Not about fitting in with black people. Not about fitting in with black people. With no, white people. even white people. It's actually okay. just trying to fit into society and just trying to fit on all the external pressures that we had as. That I had as a young girl, mm. it wasn't about fitting in with other black children or trying to fit in with other white children. Like that, honestly, for me, wasn't that wasn't what I was thinking about mm. as much. Anyway, like I, there were bigger in that. I had bigger fish to fry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with mm. the other matters, like that, honestly, was the least of my worries. Mm. Um, yeah. So it sounded like you just, in terms of that topic, you just navigated it really well. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, for me, it wasn't a struggle at all. Like, mm. the, the struggles was coming home and having that backlash. I didn't have that struggle at school. That That's not where my struggle was. Like, that was fine. I, mm. that was, I was comfortable. I was fine. It was not being able to feel comfortable in that at home. That's where um, mm. the issue was. I didn't face, like, what how Kofi felt, those pressures from other people. Mm. I wasn't in school. I wasn't with, from my friends. That was just for my... That was just at home. Just for my parents. So your, your pressure was coming from home that being... Uh, having a certain expectation of you yeah because of your socio-economic yeah. background yeah. that you should be a certain, certain way 100 percent, yeah. and you wasn't yeah as a girl yeah. as well yeah that 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 is what it was it wasn't yeah that's exactly what it was it was those expectations from from the home mm. yeah goodness gracious me 
And how do you think that you you manage that? Did did you at the time did you kind of talk about your struggles with your folks or what in terms of in 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 terms of of them expecting me to speak? Well, no, because it was more of. I mean, at that age, that was that was just who I was. So I didn't feel like I had to def- needed to defend myself, which is like you. I, I know in a certain way as well, like I couldn't defend myself because, yeah. um, yeah, I just couldn't defend myself. So no, I wouldn't talk about it. But um, but like as time goes on now, mm. um, there is still that. Oh yeah, but you spoke like this, or you spoke like that, and I'm kind of like, well, it didn't do. It hasn't done me any harm. Mm. Like it hasn't done me any harm. Um. I, and the reason it hasn't done me any harm is because I knew when I needed to not speak like that. Yeah. And that's why it hasn't done me any harm. And, yeah. I, and as much as you try to articulate that to them, obviously if they're seeing you when you come home from school and you know, you're speaking how you're speaking, it's only those one or two events or those one or two things here and there that they, okay, they hear you um, s- switch. They're like, oh, but predominantly most of the time you're speaking like this. So you're, that, you're just going to be speaking like that. You know, mm. you need to speak like this more. And, and I get it, but... Yeah, it was it was always gonna happen over time. I just think that um, <laughs> I just think that they um, yeah, they just didn't. Yeah, there was just an expectation because of they're like you shouldn't be sounding like that, considering yeah. where you are, you know, all that kind of stuff. Mm. Well, we've had two very different experiences, and it's really interesting because your twin boy and girl grew up in the same house went to the same school, but had two very different experiences of growing up and navigating fitting in, whether it's socially or at home. And that, gosh, I I think that's been really useful to hear. Mm, mm, mm. Do you know what I mean? So I, I really hope that anybody out there who might be in the same situation can get some courage or some information or some way to deal with kind of what you're going through if you had just before we go a word out there Oni, for that young black girl that might be out there that might be uh who who is middle class black and you know if there was one word or, or not one word but a few words of advice that you would give to her about how to maybe navigate her journey what would what would that be I'll just be like, I'll just mainly say like it's all good. Um, And as long as you have a plan in place and you know where you're going and what you're doing, like it really is all good. Um, And you just have to be patient. Mm. And what about you, Kofi, who see, who for that young preppy black boy playing rugby? Yeah, I didn't even (laughs) talk about rugby that much this time. That was a hard one. That was a tough gig. Yeah, man. Um, yeah, being in those spaces was very tough, and you know, being the only one, everyone looking and you know making comments was tough. But I would say making um, comments about what being playing rugby. Yeah, playing rugby, just being black. You mm. experience some racism too. Mm. Yeah, you know, like one time I had a knee injury, I had knee pads, and the guy was like, "You can't wear those," and just because I was doing well, and people slid, slide, tickle, tackled me and stuff, yeah. and. I'd hear, you know, a little chatter from the parents and stuff. Or just, just looks as well. They just weren't pleasant looks. Mm. But obviously my team were like, it's great. And, you know, he had a little bit of racism on tour in different places like Norwich, et cetera. Oh, my um, days. From, from, the, from the team. And then my team had to back me, and you know. So obviously that's just how cookie crumbles. But um, what I would say for that, you know, young kid, um, 
Was so that? Kofi, it was, I mean, so for you, I mean, we have even, I mean, you've been sleeping through this, but. <laughs> <laughs> no, you guys just wanted to talk and Oni's, I'm here to, ex, you know, yeah, no, extrapolate no. the information from Oni. No, no, I, I hear that. I hear that, but. But I mean, literally, we haven't, we really haven't sp- um, s- touched on that topic of rugby and, and how yeah, it was yeah, yeah. being the only black boy mm, in, mm, mm. you know, touring England and yeah. playing rugby with your team because your team was quite successful and yeah, and all of that sort of stuff and and how you dealt with that. How yeah. did you deal with that? Just just kept performing really, mm. and then when more black people came to my team, it was easier. But um, that was a tough one because I'd go to rugby, play. I'd still would do very well, etc. But I'd still feel a bit weird though, being in a, the all white right like that, which is different. It was very like still macho, but very like there was some support and love there. But then there was also from like the opposition, there wasn't. Um, it was a tough one, so I just had to try and do well. Um, yeah. but the pressure was on because if I was doing well and like you know I won awards and I you know would score lots of stuff. When I didn't do well, it was like oh. I really let the team down and blah, blah, blah. What, because you're black? Yeah, I was black and I'm Probably. fast and I had the pace. He's a black boy. He's and, <laughs> and the whole like stigma, and I was even going to do another podcast about um, being a black rugby player, so maybe stay tuned for that. But <laughs> it was, you're the token player, you're the guy everybody looks at. And like, as soon as there's a black guy on the field that I, I had a, a, um, to oppose, it was like, okay, take him out. He's the black guy. You know, he's going to be the dangerous threat, which makes you feel good, but bad at the same point. It's like, yeah. he's just another player. Mm. like why must he be like this you know but hey yeah so what i would give in a nutshell is just um yeah just self-worth just keep telling yourself that you're worth for this world and it'll be all right and yeah man maybe watch some videos for you know self-discipline and to self-worth and just yeah try and love yourself as much as you can in a monster fire Mm. but yeah that's been episode three of the unheard conversation podcast I've been your host, Kofi. And I'm Anne-Marie. My aunt. And we have been joined by the lovely, my sister. Beautiful. <laughs> Just say your name again. Oni. Cool, cool, cool. Where can they find you on the socials if they want to look for you? Um, at Ameli Ray. Great. You can find me on socials. Continu- to continue the conversation. Well, that's a wrap, guys. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. See you later. Bye. Bye. Bye.